0: Hey K-First, welcome to Sunday morning. We're actually coming to you from Carbondale, Illinois. This is my first time appearing in Carbondale, and today um, it's, it's going to be a tad different because the plan that we've had for a long time was for me to have my friend, Pastor Christopher Swims, with us in Kalamazoo, um, having him come to Michigan for the first time, obviously not during the winter. Because right, not
1: coming in the winter.
0: He's not coming in the winter. He has seen pictures of yes. Kalamazoo in the winter, and gonna he happen. is not going to come up north. No. So... Um, the goal for months was us to have a conversation about uh, the kingdom of God, unity in the kingdom, and because of the stay-at-home orders and things, especially from different states, um, it's we just didn't think it was going to happen. And so I took a road trip down to to meet a friend that Christopher and I met on Twitter. Twitter sermon prep. Uh, it was a on sermon a prep morning. conversation. Yes. There used to be this whole sermon yes. conversation yes. on how to prep, and so we met. We traded tweets. Six years ago. Yeah. And some friendship began. Yeah. Then we traded phone numbers. And then now for the past three years, maybe. Maybe four. Maybe four years. Every Thursday, yeah, we have a sermon prep, texting conversation, sometimes phone calls, sometimes FaceTimes. Yeah. And honestly, today is the first time we've ever met face-to-face first in time. terms of the physical us two together. Right. and But yet... There's been something that has kind of grown between us that I wanted this Sunday to be about and it's unity in the body of Christ. Uh, a scripture that is very near and dear to my heart that you, K First, know about because I've read it, I've preached out of it numerous times. If you've sat in premarital counseling with me, you've heard it brought up a ton of times. Mm-hmm. Psalm 133, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and into the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion, and the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Now, I've been to Israel, and I've seen Mount Hermon, and the, the idea is is that all of the droplets of the dew, there's there's such an immense magnitude of of surface area that the dew actually feeds the valley below, and the writer says that's what unity is like: is when we come together, that unity feeds the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so, when I see unity, I think of our conversations for the past six years. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's be real. Um, we have. Obviously, different families coming from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You grew up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Detroit, uh, which means I grew up loving the bad boys, Pistons era, and mm-hmm. not liking mm-hmm. Michael Jordan whatsoever. <laughs>
1: I should kick about right now. Man. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're black. I'm white. Mm-hmm. Um, Baptist denomination, Pentecostal denomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pastor two different states. Mm-hmm. Um, vastly different types of communities. Mm-hmm. But yet there's something that you and I have always celebrated, as I drop my phone, there's something that you and I have always celebrated, and that has been the unity uh-huh. of the body of Christ. And I think that you and I have had something special that has kind of transcended anything, and it's, it's because we've made it about Jesus. Yeah, this is true. You and I have had some, some theological talks uh-huh. and things that you and I don't see eye to eye on. Right. And at the same time, I think our friendship got so much deeper, right. not because we focused on what, what pulled us apart, but we actually focused on the thing that brought us together. Right. So, so let me ask you, ask you, what can we do better as the body of Christ? And again, we're, we're pastors that have a hunger for the kingdom of God above all. Right. How do we lead better as pastors? Right. In a very tumultuous time in the kingdom, a lot of race barriers, yeah. uh, a lot of denominational barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a time where when we see division rising up, we can tend to put their defenses up. right. What can we do as pastors? I mean I mean let me ask you this, maybe we'll start off this way. What are you doing as a pastor to help facilitate greater unity in the body of Christ?
1: Well, I know one thing for me, just even with our church, is, you know, not being afraid to talk about what's happening good, and, and dealing with what's going on. The feelings that come along with it, um, many are angry, many are upset, mm-hmm. many are, you know... Now I'm, I wouldn't even use the word confused, but me are angry and upset and frustrated because we keep saying we keep seeing the same thing happening yeah. over and over again, yeah. case after case. As soon as we have kind of settled in and the anger is not there, mm-hmm. something else happens. You know, yeah. we had George Floyd, we kind of we realized what was going on. Then Rayshawn Brooks. I mean, just time after time, there's something, and they're not even thinking about the things that you know, all of a sudden it happened three or four years ago. They yeah. resurfaces, yeah. you know, resurface. Brianna Taylor, the young lady that was at the sleepover, um, the young black lady that was at the sleepover yeah. with her white friends, and then all of a sudden she comes up dead. Yeah. I never heard about that. But yeah. then recently it comes back out. So you have all these cases reopening, and it's almost like, you you know, kind of start to heal up, and then the scab comes off, yeah. and then you have to relive the pain all over again. So embracing how you feel. If you're angry, it's okay to be angry. Yes. if you're upset you're okay to be you know it's okay to be upset you know it's that it's that righteous anger mm-hmm. that we have because we see the injustices um, that are happening and how things are not changing mm-hmm. they're not changing yeah and so you know being vocal really encourage my members hey you know what after we're upset after we're angry it ought to lead to change yes. it ought to lead to us making a us making a difference Making sure you complete your census, making sure that you're voting, making sure that if you see any position that may be open and you have the right motive behind, run for it. Mm -hmm. If it's school board, if it's city council, that we need to have a seat at the table as Mm African-Americans and also as believers to be able to make a difference. We can complain and and do all of that, but until we get a seat at the table to really make a difference, then us being upset and angry is a waste of time.
0: I think you hit on something so key. Mm -hmm. And because I've heard some people out of ignorance mm-hmm. say, "Well, that was three years ago. That was four years ago. Or that was five years ago. That was thirty years ago. Right. That was a hundred years right. ago." But I think we fail to understand that just because something happened doesn't mean it's healed. Right. Just because something took place right. doesn't mean it's healed. And I, and you use that terminology like the scab has been pulled yeah. off. Yeah. Um, or we'll say it this way, a bandage has been pulled off yeah. and only to realize that whatever wound took place, it never had a chance to right. heal. Right. It never had the opportunity. And, and I think that transcends more than just race issues. It transcends a lot of denominational issues, people issues yeah. that if we don't search after healing yeah. and work on the healing mm. and it's hard to tell somebody to get over a broken leg yeah. if the leg is still broken. Exactly.
1: It's the same way with grieving. You know. Yes. Someone can lose their mother 30, 40 years ago. Mother's Day is still rough. Yes. And so you say, oh, you should be over by now. No, the difference is I had a relationship with my mother. Yeah. You didn't. Mm-hmm. You didn't like your mom. I like mine, and they like me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it still hurts. So that that's the whole that's the whole thing. Even though we go back and we look at slavery and all those things that happened, no, I wasn't there. No, you know, I may have had ancestors mm-hmm. that was involved in that, but it's still it, it's <laughs> yes. Yeah. We we're living... You know, who would have thought that in 2020 you would still hear of hangings? Yeah. A random black boy is being hung, mm-hmm. and it's being yeah is being left to suicide mm-hmm. you know who would have thought that we would be reliving that yeah when it happened years ago yeah you know so you can't and you're right you just can't say because something happened a long time ago that it shouldn't affect you now it still does and yeah. so people being pe- people being willing to um you know my white brothers and sisters being willing to be understanding yeah. of that though it was a long time ago though i may not have been directly involved in it it still affects me as yeah. an African American, as a black man. Yeah. It still affects me today. So being willing to be understanding yes. in that, empathize with that, to see from our perspective, mm-hmm. uh, you know, recognizing the privilege that you may have and you may not even realize it, mm-hmm. but just taking the, t- taking time to really to see what we see. I love the story of Mary and Martha uh, and. Uh, 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 Mary, Martha, and Jesus, when Lazarus had died and Jesus gets to the house and the Bible says that Jesus wept with them, even though he knew what he was going to do. Yeah. Even though he knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, even though he had the conversation with both the sisters Knew all of that. He knew from the beginning. He even told them it's good that I didn't come right away. Yeah, because he knew what the end was going to yeah. be. But he still wept. He empathized with them. He yes. felt the pain that they felt. Other people that came to the house, they felt the pain that they felt. They understood what was going on with them. And so, people being willing to empathize with us, and not just because it's such a difference between empathizing and having sympathy. Yeah, sympathy. Oh, I'm just, I'm so sorry for your loss. Empathize. You're feeling what I'm feeling. Yeah. You're, you're sitting where I'm sitting. You, you're allowing yourself to feel my pain, my experience. That makes a difference because once you're able to feel the, the feel the experience and feel the pain, mm-hmm. it will lead you to change. Sympathy is, may not lead Ooh, you to that's change, so good. but empathy will help lead you to change because you realize, man, if they're
0: hurting like that and I felt that hurt, I, I, this needs to end. This ain't right. What, something has to change. What I find wild is if we were talking with an, an individual that uh, served our country and was going through PTSD because of something that took place two years, 10 years, 20 years prior, we would never tell them to just get over it. No. And no. yet I'm wondering if even in the body of Christ, we can look at people who've been hurt by church or right. we can look at um, a, a race that has been hurt by history. Right. And yet we just say get over it and i wonder if it's just because we are just simply uncomfortable talking about yeah. it we just want to we we just want to move on and move right. forward right. but i think the i think you gave such a beautiful key is empathy and you painted that picture of jesus yeah. at the tomb yeah knowing what he's going to do and still cried and he still and, cried still wept he felt their pain he stepped into i mean yeah he you know, the humanity of him yeah. a good friend passes yeah And yet, he's looking at Mary and Martha, which I'm assuming he was good friends with them as well. Yeah, yeah. And he still took the time to weep. Yeah.
1: I mean, but you even think about it from our professions as pastors, when our members grieve, we grieve with them. Yes, we do. We walk with them. You know, if we're there with them when they're having to say goodbye to a loved one. Mm They're crying. We're crying right with them. It's true. I mean, we're hurting. Right? We're hurt because they're hurting, and we're trying to figure out. Okay, God, what can I say? What can I do to help them? Even if it's us just going there to sit with them. Yeah. We'll sit with them. Even if it's us just going, and they're asking us to go pray for a loved one, we, we, we put ourselves in their shoes. Yes. To feel, and that helps us mm-hmm. in being able to effectively minister to them. Yeah. During this time of their lives. Yeah. You know, and so it's the whole thing of. Being able to um, feel their pain and to empathize empathize with them, but also, man, if we're ever going to move towards unity, man, we have to be willing to realize that the, the road to unity means that we're going to have to confront the uncomfortable. That's so good. We're going to have to talk about the elephant in the room. We're going to have to deal with different narratives uh, that we put out there. That's not right, and adjust and say that's not right. Yeah. Prime example: there was a young lady, uh, a, a black young lady, that was dealing with some postpartum, and I, I, I believe, if I'm right, can't remember the story all the way. Uh, if I'm right, I think she committed suicide, and her and her kids was with her, and they, they, they died as well, mm-hmm. or she was attempting it. But, you know, there was a white lady yeah. that drowned her kids and people, hey, she yeah. needs help. Yeah. But when the black girl did it, yeah. oh, she's crazy. Yeah. She's messed up. Now, there's empathy given to one race. Yeah. But then shame and guilt yeah. to another. Same scenario though. Yeah. Same scenario. Same exact so, scenario. if we're going to get to the road to unity, when those narratives are out there, we have to boldly speak up. And address it and say, no, no, it's the same thing. So if we're going to show grace to our white sister, yeah. then we have to show grace yeah. and mercy to our black sister as well. We can't yeah. pick and choose because when we pick and choose, mm-hmm. then without without even saying a word, mm-hmm. we're allowing
0: privilege to yeah. show itself. And that's where I, I, think, I think you hit something very key there. The road to unity. It does begin with uncomfortable yeah. conversations. Yeah. Um, I just attended a, a kind of a mini conference with pastors. We're talking about race. And I think it was of Acts 4 where um, there were so many Gentile needs. And the Jewish believers um, just wanted to keep kind of going around their routes yeah. and their their things and their style of things. And they said, no, we, we've got to get yeah. people to minister to a, a section of people. And they can't be met in a way that is done with the Jewish believers. Right. We have to think in a different way. and right. there, So therefore, we need Gentile leadership. Right. We need uh, a Gentile ministry going right. on here. And right. we just can't go business right. as normal. So we right. have to have an uncomfortable conversation right. in order to deal with it. Because I think the easy thing is to draw the line in the sand when it right. comes to church world. Just right. draw the line. Let's just start fresh from here. Right. And don't get me wrong. There are a few... Cases of situations. Okay, let's draw a line and just let's move forward. But right. this is one of those we right. cannot. You can't. You got to call. We just spades can't. Spades. Yeah. Yeah. We have to just. Here's where we're starting, but to know where we're starting, we've got to know where we've come from and actually have uncomfortable uh, conversations.
1: Right. And even what you mentioned about Acts 4 is the key thing there, especially for the church to that road to unity. It is leadership. Yes. So it's going to have to be pastors that would take a bold stand from their pulpits, um, from their place of influence, and be able to say, hey, this is not right. Yes. This is wrong. Yes. You know, especially for white pastors that have black members to not say anything to to not make any statement it doesn't matter you can share and it can't be a blanket statement and saying you know what well, god loves all of us it, it no it, it can't mm-hmm. just be that it's going to have to be detail yeah. because uh because of the systematic racism that we're fighting mm-hmm. it has to be something that is that, that is well thought out <laughs> that is prayed over yeah. and that you are hitting the nail on the head because otherwise what you're saying to those black members that come to your con- that are part of your congregation <laughs> and they're serving and they're giving they're saying, hey, you know what? I don't see color, mm-hmm. which we do. We do. And when you say when you don't say anything, you're saying, hey, you really don't matter to me. Yeah. And so it starts with leadership. Yeah, it does. Now, that may that may cause for others that may be in the congregation because they're still blinded by privilege mm-hmm. or, or still accept that privilege and refuse to let it go, that they're uncomfortable and they're upset. But the pastor is going to have to be willing yeah. to take those shots because yeah. as pastors, yes. our job is to protect our sheep. Mm-hmm. One go, I still yeah. got 99. Yeah. I can't say, oh, okay, I, I just oh, you know what, it's just one. No, I got to leave the 99, make sure they're yeah. good, and I got to go after the one. Yeah. To not go after the one, I've abandoned and neglected them. Yeah.
0: So why would they ever come back? Yeah. And that's, and then now that's the reputation of the kingdom. Right. And the community. Right, right. That's, and, and then we've lost unity altogether. Right, right. And so I think so many, so often we're so busy trying to preserve the unity of the 99, not right. realizing... We need to have the uni- uni- unity of the one hundred, right? And it's gonna, and it's a fight, and it's uh, intentional, and it it's is. leadership. Yes.
1: What do we need to do? What strategies? What plans? What people? What resources mm-hmm. do we need to be able to get the ninety-nine? We don't want the ninety-nine to be to feel left out, to feel yes. neglected, to feel yes. not a part of. No, we, we, we got to get the one. Mm -hmm. So it takes leadership being willing to have those Mm -hmm. tough conversations and to use that platform of influence to be able to speak, to be able to speak, to be able to share, to be able and to call a spade a spade. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Call it out and move on and and be vocal about those things. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. this is not the time for any pastor, whether they're black, white, purple, blue, pink, peach, whatever. (laughs) It's not the time for any pastor to be silent right now when it comes to racism. It's good
0: we got to speak up. We we, we have to speak up. We need to call racism just what it is. Right. It is a diabolical attack against the image of God. Yes. It is a demonic, diabolical attack against the image of God. Yes. It is, you you can't, I'll say this, you can't color it any other way. Right. You can't shape it any other way. It is attack against the image of God. And we need to be willing just to say, politics aside. Right. Politics aside, It's just wrong no matter how you shape it. Right. It's just an attack against the image of God. Every human being, no matter what you believe about them in terms of their politics or their background or whatever, cast that aside, that person was made in the image of God. Right, right. Right. That, that's a son and that's a daughter. I was just studying the, the prodigal son the other day. Right. And I love the fact that before, when the prodigal, which I believe the true prodigal was the older son right. that stayed home. He was lost in the house. But when the the one that ran away came back, before he was even restored, the father said, my son has come back. Right. He was still a child of the father. Right. No matter still what. an image bearer. Right. Before he could be restored, he was still considered whole. right? Somebody. right? And that's what we need to do better, just as pastors and leaders, mm-hmm. is to help have the uncomfortable conversations, to help ha- be willing to lead by example. Right. To I, I, I've i got to be better about leading vocally right. better. I have to. Right. And I have to be more articulate with how I navigate that with my congregation as well as on a personal level, right. whether it's my social media or my my, the, the power of the pulpit, I have to be better. Right. My leadership team has to be better. Right. We have to work better. And I will always say that until we see greater unity in the body. Right. Because Psalms 133, where there is unity, Commands that's the, the commanded blessing yeah. of God. Yeah. That's, and that's what I've appreciated about this. Right. I love the perspective I get from you. Right. I love the talks. Right. Whether we're talking family, marriage, Talking church stuff, right. sermon stuff. Right, right. This is what what I, what I see within us is is what I'm hoping to have more of right. within the body of Christ. But it's twofold though because. Like I've told you before, and other you
1: know zooms and other things that we've been on, that you just don't stand with me privately, but you stand publicly. You make yes. a bold stance, pup. You make a bold stance publicly. So it's not just you checking in, man. How you doing? You know, I, I'm not your token black friend.
0: No, you are not. You know, so <laughs> it's it's
1: not that thing. So I know, hey. Any other pastor, and and I can be honest, there ha- there has only been one white pastor in our region that has reached out to me doing this time. Two, I take that back, two yeah. that has reached out to me doing this time. Now, any other time, it would have been calling one to pray because they're getting ready to open a casino here. Now, I get your point with that, yeah. okay? Um, I may see it from a different different point of view whatever. I get it is that a good stewardship when it comes to casino, I see it as jobs coming to the area. Sure, sure. You know. But if you want to come together and, and rally and protest for that, but you can't come and call me to rally and protest about black men getting shut down. Mm-hmm. Don't ever text yeah. me again. Don't get don't don't I take that back. Don't ever text me again. But don't text me until you yeah. awoke
0: and you realize yeah. what's going on. And I think that's where if there's anything we need to see deeper, yeah, is authentic, intentional relationship, yes, yes, because my feelings for you go beyond the moment of racism and issues that yeah. are going on here. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I think that if there's anything we need to see in the body of Christ, is intentional relationship building amongst the body, yeah, that we need to engage each other. More than just Sunday morning, we yeah. need to look for opportunities to engage one another. And it's not always heavy conversations. No, no. We got to build, build a relationship. Bread. We just build a relationship. We to know each other, you know. Absolutely. Because as, the more that I know your story, the more that I can honestly empathize greater right. Right. for situations you find yourselves in or in these moments. Right. But you're willing. Yes. Everybody's not willing. And everybody's yeah. not will everyone
1: is not willing willing to confront their privilege that they have. If you grow, if you grow uncomfortable with a thing for so long, you don't want to let it go. It's I mean true. you don't wanna it's benefited me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're telling me to cut ties from something that has benefited me mm-hmm. all of my life. Mm-hmm. I gotta rethink. I got. I got. I have to rethink that, and I have to rethink our relationship and the value that I have of our relationship. If I'm willing mm-hmm. to cut tight, that means, yep. hey, I may lose some benefits, I may mm-hmm. lose some friends, I may lose some connections. But if that relationship is
0: valuable enough, yeah, I'm willing to take that cut. And so, I think so. The authentic relationship is huge. Yeah, very big. The second thing I would say is. Be willing to ask dumb questions. Yeah. Be willing. I'll say it this way. I've had people say, I don't want to sound dumb. I don't want to sound ignorant. And I'm like, but your silence is worse Right. Than the south, right.
1: But see, but that's where the the intentional relationship comes in. Yes. Where I'm comfortable yes. to ask some questions. Yes. Because when we have a relationship, now you wouldn't walk up to a random black guy and just ask him how you feel. Well, man, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> yeah. especially with the virus going around. Yeah. You, you touch him, you may yeah. get punched, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's not a good idea to just do that. Yeah. But, you know, because of our relationship, yeah. you can ask and yeah. it won't be any judgment. Oh, yeah. Oh, but hey, what do you think? What you have done before. Yeah. Hey, let me get your perspective. And I'm like, well, okay. And I give you my perspective. I give you my honest perspective. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. I understand that now. I get yeah. it. But that intentional relationship mm-hmm. became a safe haven yeah. for you to be okay with asking questions that yes. may be dumb when really all it is is getting clarity.
0: Yeah. It's just taken, I think, ignorance. Can't be the excuse, even though we all have bits of ignorance. Yeah, we all right. do. Right, um, right. You know, there's just bits of ignorance that, we're, that we carry based on color of skin right. or denomination. Right, because there are ignorance that some of my Pentecostal uh, brethren would have about anybody carrying the name Baptist right. and vice versa. Right. I, you know, right. I'm not a snake handler, right. you know, right. just cause I'm Pentecostal doesn't right. mean we play with snakes. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we can play around with all sorts of assumptions and right. ignorance, but that cannot until be an excuse. We have, right, until we have conversations, we come we yes. realize,
1: wow. Oh, okay, great. That's yeah. not the case. So, you know, but it, it starts there. Yeah. It starts with the conversations, uh, it starts with the relationship, yes. then goes to the conversation. Yes. Um, and even may, even will lead and will have to lead to those tough conversations yes. that you have to have.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's
1: really no other way around. You you can't go around. Heard a story this morning. God took his car. You know, preachers are well known for stories. Uh, God <laughs> took his car to the shop. Needed his engine fixed. Yeah. He goes, to pick up this car. The guy said, man, I painted your car, put new tires on your car, but I didn't fix your engine. It doesn't matter if you walk with me in a protest. It doesn't matter if you walk with me in in a rally. You can share all the stuff. You can wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. Mm -hmm. But until we deal with the systematic racism... Mm -hmm. Everything else has been in vain. We have to deal with that. That's what the issue is. You can walk with me. Mm -hmm. You can do all of that stuff. We can walk hand in hand down the street, all of that good stuff. But until we deal Mm -hmm. with the issue, the issue is racism. We can't lose our focus from that. No, no. The issue is racism. And we have
0: to deal with it. Yeah. got to deal with it. We got to deal with it. So authentic relationship Mm -hmm. meets with having the tough questions. And the the third thing I think I'd say as we kind of wrap up here is... Uh, I'm calling it finishing the conversation. Mm -hmm. Don't just have a conversation because a new hashtag has begun. Yes. I'll never forget when you said that to me. I'm sick of one more hashtag. Yeah. One more black life was extinguished and we have another hashtag. Yeah. And I I have come up with the phrase finish the conversation, which means that just because the time has kind of settled down. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you stop talking. Right. You You have to. You have to keep it going. You got to keep talking
1: finish it. Right. You know. And when you think about Dr. King, they had white. He had white allies that worked with him that was pushing for change because they realized, hey, let me take my privilege and use this as a platform to bring about change. Yes. So that's finishing the conversation. Yes. After the protest. Yes. After the the rally. Yeah. Let me take. We we got to continue. We have to continue to push it because if we don't. Yeah. Next thing you know. It'll die down, and then we'll rev everything back up when it's another hashtag. But we shouldn't have to wait until there's another
0: hashtag. No, and that to me is beauty of what could happen in the body of Christ. If we were to lead in that, I mean, K-First, if that's what we lead in in our community, uh, we can't wait for the politicians to lead in unity, and it's from their unity that the anointing flows. Right. Politics were never meant to unify no. the body of Christ. Politics were never meant to unify the nation. right. It's, it's our job as the church. Yeah. We are the, the light that Jesus left. Yeah. The body of Christ. And if we could be the people that lead in authentic relationship with people, not just Christians, but with our community. Asking the tough questions and then finishing the conversation, leading with hope, leading with opportunities, the power, the resources that are at our disposal. If we can show the world racial unity. Yes. It's there. The anointing and the blessings of God will flow. Right. 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 If we get this right. Right. Yeah. I think some of us are waiting for the world to get this right. If we get this right, Right. we can lead the world into that. We have the commanded blessing of God. Right. And I think that what we see, I know just uh, what we see right now, it can tend to take away hope. But we were never meant to place hope by what we see. Right. Right. We were meant to place our hope on that which is unseen. Right. Which is faith. It's faith. We've got hope. Against all hope, Abraham believed. Yeah. Against, uh, the, the better way to translate that against all expectations, mm-hmm. Abraham believed. Yep. And I believe that we have one of those moments right now for such a time as this, right. that against the expectations of what we see on social media or regular media, right. we have an opportunity to see the body of Christ rise up. Right. And I think my three takeaways today is having intentional relationship, yep. stepping into uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. and then finishing it. Yep. Coming alongside of our brothers and sisters saying, we will do this thing together yeah. and we will see it all, all the way, way through. through. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: my brother. And, and, we gotta, and we have to sow the seed too, so that if we don't see it yeah. in our time frame, yes. that the legacy will continue to That's the to key.
0: Because we can't always expect fruit the right. second and we, we plant ne- the seed. We never see it. But would you just pray over our church absolutely. that our church would honestly be a catalyst for unity and the commanded blessing of God in the Kalamazoo community. Yeah, would absolutely. you do that? yeah. Father God, in the
1: name of Jesus, we come before you right now. We thank you for this opportunity that... Um, has the potential and the power and the capacity to bring about kingdom change. Father God, I pray for K First, Father. I thank you um, for uh, Pastor David and his willingness, Lord God, to step outside of the box, to go against the grain, uh, Father God, to use his influence as a place to bring about change. So Mm -hmm. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that as he's willing to be led by the Spirit of God in doing this, that K First will follow behind, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray that where there is ignorance where there is uh, not full clarity that that, that they will look for ways to be able to be educated, to be able to know, to be able to get rid of their ignorance, oh God, so that they can be able to move about this way. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they will be willing um, to follow behind Pastor David and to embrace intentional um, relationships, authentic relationships, not just from the standpoint to say that they have black friends, but Mm -hmm. to be able to be intentional um, in knowing their story and hearing their story even if it causes them to grip their, 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 their chairs because they're can't, they having a hard time with hearing everything that's being said, but that they're willing um, to sit there uncomfortable, um, Lord God, to see uh, and, and to experience from someone else so that they can be able to experience change and transformation in their lives that would lead them, Lord God, in leading and bringing about change and transformation in their community, in their city, um, in, the, in their region, and in the city of Kalamazoo. Mm. I pray right now, Father, um, that as they're doing this, we know we know the enemy will get mad. The enemy will get busy and will try to bring uh, a confrontation from within and from and, and from out. But I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will cause them um, to be focused. That it will be like they will be like Nehemiah that they have a mind to be able to work and that they have one hand ready to fight, another hand ready ready to work. Uh, Father God, that it will stay focused on the assignment and what needs to be done. And I pray that it will trickle down. That it will trickle down to other um, to the next generation. Uh, they will. Be be willing to continue on the fight Uh, when that generation may get tired. They can be able to hold up their arms like Aaron uh, and be able to help them to fight the battle to continue on um, against this thing and to use their influence as a place to be vocal to bring about change. God, I thank you right now. I thank you for Pastor David. I thank you for his willingness. I thank you for his his friendship to me, Father. He's been more to me um, than he could ever imagine. And so I thank you right now for what you are doing in us and just what I'm praying for. Okay, first I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus that you will help me in that Way here at Car in, in, at Hopewell in Carbdale in Southern Illinois to bring that about, yeah. and it's in Jesus' name
0: we pray. Amen. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, brother. K First, um, you need to hook up with his page, like his page. You need to watch him instead of me on Sunday mornings. Uh, this man dope, flat out preach. Uh, <laughs> just, just give the K First, but watch him. So, right, right, but no, right, love right. you all. Thank you so much for just being an amazing congregation. This is something that we will keep. Not just talking about, what we're going to finish the conversation because I believe when people see the unity of the body in Kalamazoo, the blessings of God is going to flow from that. So love you all. Have a great, great Sunday morning.